Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create your life by design. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today, we got a Q&A. And I got some feedback yesterday, man, um, about- from a client. I was on a call with a client, and we were just talking about a bunch of different stuff. And uh, shout out to Hussein, because uh, you're going to know. He's your client. He's my client. He's yep. going to know I'm talking about him when um, uh, when I say this. But uh, we got to start the Mindset Mondays again, man. The Motivation Mondays. I like Mindset Monday better, because I always talk about how you need discipline versus motivation. So I yeah. think we should call it mindset versus, but he was just saying like, we we're talking about what makes TCM different and what makes my coaching different, so on and so forth. And that was like the big thing. He was yeah. like, man, I love the science. I love that you guys dive into that. I love how I mean, he's gone through a two year transformation with me. I mean, like we've gone through cuts and bulks. He's lost a ton of weight. He's gone through so many life changes. He's excelled in his career as a doctor. Like he's overseas from me at least. And uh, crazy, crazy uh, experience and just so much impact. So I just asked him, I'm like, man, what, what has been the big thing for you so that we can continue to replicate that, you know, while I got you on the call? And he was like, man, it's it's the mindset stuff. He was like the the relatability and you sh- being vulnerable enough to share your stories of struggle with me so that I can apply it in my life. And um, some of the early Mindset Monday podcasts, like those are the ones that like clicked so much with me and blah, blah, blah. It was a really good conversation. And I was like, damn, all right, man. We're going to do it again. Yeah. So I started writing down some like topic ideas and um, I do think Q and A's are always good. So we can obviously, when we get, if you got mindset questions, topics, drop them in the Q and A that we have in the description, but then we can pull those in, you know? Um, but ultimately it's, it was just like an eye opening moment for me. I was like, man, we got to get back to that because I, I love talking about that shit anyway. I think the problem is, uh, and this is more of like a, not necessarily imposter syndrome, but like the story I play in my head is like, it's just me ranting on shit, but I think rants come out of like passion, you know, For sure. You know? Yeah. So I think that, Oh no, I think it's, I think we need to do it again. I agree. Cause I think that is something that as far as nutrition and training coaching goes, it's something that we do a little bit differently, like on the coaching staff. And, and I know I do personally as well. So it's like, let's do it. Yep. So we're going to get back to that. Um, I don't think it has to be a Monday. I think that's a good day though, because it's the first day of the week. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and that's the M that's really the only reason I said it, but yeah. um, Q and A's on Fridays, Monday, mindset but because this will air on friday anyway so then we record one for that yep interviews on wednesday i think that's a good flow um i like it but yeah i want to get back to i got a couple of really good topics that i think will be super super helpful to to dive into with um with those so if you guys got topics you got questions obviously leave us a question in the just click the for, the link to the form that you can fill out um and also make sure as well um you can use the spotify button but also if you ask a question and you want me to personally answer you. Because there's sometimes people ask. We had this other week when I was like, oh, just send it to me. I'm going to get back to them. And I'm like, oh, damn. There's no email on this form. Yeah. We, we we stopped putting the email so that you didn't go into like a uh, an email list and get emailed like spam or anything like that. We just want you to generally be able to ask us questions. Um, but I realize sometimes you guys ask personal questions that it definitely feels like you want me to personally answer. And I can't. If you're not a client, we don't know who you are. Exactly. So if you put that in there, drop your email in there as well if you want me to personally answer it. But um, yeah, man. So we're going to start those up. Uh, very, very excited. Shout out to Taylor Coaching Method. If you want an experience like Hussein, I'm going to say it right now. Shameless plug. Head over to taylorcoachingmethod.com. Click the yellow button. Apply for coaching. Get on a free call. Um, and let us help you change your life. Uh, and I mean that in the the most wholehearted way. We 
we do things different. We're just on another level. Um, and man, the more time I've been spending with the coaches and, you know, since I've kind of pulled back a little bit from some of the other aspects of the business so that I can just pour everything into them in this team development and what we're doing, dude, it's just been like, everybody's just been on fire, man. Yeah. I've been on fire. It feels good. I think you have to experience it other than just hearing it. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's like you can't even put it in words. No. It's a, and that's the crazy part, man. Some of the shit that he was telling me on the call, he was like, you might not remember saying this. And I was like, dude, I don't. He was like, it was a casual conversation, but it's these little things that just naturally come out of you when you're coaching that literally help change my life and like yeah. shifted the way we were doing things. And I'm like, damn, but that's, and that's where like, I think coaching becomes instinct, you know, it's just who you are. And that's like the staff. That's how we do things. That's totally. who we are. So very, very excited uh, about all the stuff that's going on. I'm excited to have, uh, as we're recording this chase tuning, come out tomorrow. Um, will that be the first live interview here? Absolutely. I think so. For sure. Yeah. Um, Got a few people on the list, though. We're going to get uh, Amber back out from V. Uh, she crushed it. Uh, I went to the grand opening. It was amazing. Serving mimosas. People were <laughs> fucking screaming. I couldn't even hear. Wow. Like, oh, my God. This is bumping. Yeah. She's like, oh, you got to meet my husband. And she's looking at her. She's like, oh, you must be going to get more champagne. I'm like, damn, it's fucking 12. Yeah. Noon. <laughs> she's like, celebration. Yeah, yeah, it's a celebration, man. Um She's been freaking just grinding at that place. It looks super cool. Super cool. It's like some HGTV stuff, dude. Like the way they did the chandeliers and like the white brick. It was yeah. super dope. It's their look. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Super dope. Um, and then, so we're going to get her back on. We're going to get, uh, hopefully, Connor on. PT, who uh, had worked on my knee, is working on your knee. For a local. Second time? Yep. Yep. Um. I feel like there was another person that I was talking to about getting on, but um, trying to get all these these Washingtonians, if you will, on the podcast. Yeah, just to talk shop and just you know, I don't know. I think it's cool. Like it's not Seattleites. No, <laughs> some of them maybe. I mean, maybe yeah. There's anybody probably, from I mean, Washington. Yeah, there's probably some people up in get Seattle. Some local people on. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to support your area, but also too, I think that in person interviews are just so much better. Yeah. So I, I was talking to uh, Andrew Coates via text. It was his birthday, so I texted him yesterday. And uh, same thing. He was just in Washington. So I was like, man, next time you come out, let me know. We'll get you on the podcast. Because live interviews are just so much better. Yeah. You know. The interaction. Yeah, 100%. But let's get into some questions. All right, let's get into some questions. We have some good ones today. We're going to start off. It says, how do you deal with clients who spend all of their carb macros on bread and rice and sweets rather than veggies and fruits? Some clients will take the IIFYM to the limits. If it fits your macros. Um, I think that it's a hard question, man, because it's, it's so multifaceted. I think that in some sense, so there's two, there's two camps here that get, they get it wrong there's the uh the iifym crowd that takes it a little too far in that re regard and they're they completely disregard the importance of macro micronutrients and health and, and getting your fruits and vegetables and all that kind of stuff in right and then there's also the people that almost are on the polar opposite spectrum like they they put fruits and vegetables on a pedestal almost too much because we have to remember like what did they they, they said who are eating bread and something else? Uh, their, their carb macros on bread and rice. Bread and rice, okay. So And sweets. I eat bread and rice every day. I think bread and rice is amazing. And eat there's bread. no reason. Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
for a while I wasn't eating bread in my breakfast only because I just wanted something else. But my macros lowered. Dave's killer th- bread and the thin slice, dude, it's like 70 calories a fucking mm. slice. And it's high fiber, tons of... I mean, people forget how much... Uh, you can even get... They call it... It's a plain, plain white awesome or something like that. I don't know. He has like some like Dave's killer bread title for his like plain white bagel and his plain white bread. Who's he? Dave. Oh. Who makes killer bread. Oh, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um. Mind Mop actually had him on the podcast. Wow. He's got a crazy story. He's from like, he, he, uh, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's Washington, from Washington. I, yeah. I don't think Dave's Killer Bread is like a Washington only thing, but he like, he got out of prison and made. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how Damn, real the killer aspect of yeah. the title is, but, uh, interesting podcast. But, um, he, uh, yeah, I think he sold the company actually. Now he's doing some like art thing that he's into. But, uh, anyway. Whole grains have a ton of micronutrients in it and a ton of good fiber. And, and that's a great way to get your vitamins and minerals. We had Susan Kleiner on the podcast, who is somebody who's been a sports nutritionist for decades. I remember her doing a, uh, a talk for my class in college. Like that's how long she'd been doing this stuff. And that's like one of the main things we talked about. Now, this is probably a few hundred episodes ago at this point, but we talked specifically about whole grains and how they're so important and blah, blah, blah. And people are neglecting them. So I want to point that out first and foremost, because even some of the the better brands like Dave's Killer Bread, you can still get white bread that usually is just enriched flour that doesn't have much nutrients in it. His does. So you can get that. Now you can also eat whole grain bread and there's nothing wrong with that. I do it every day. Uh, you can also eat white rice as much as you want. In fact, white rice is one of the easiest digestible carbohydrate sources that is going to almost be pure muscle glycogen. There's not a lot of fiber in it, so it makes it really easy on the gut. There, I mean, there's no fiber in it. There, it's very low fat, very low protein. It's like literally the most minimalistic in, ingredient carbohydrate you can get. And you can cook it in bone broth if you want a little extra sodium and amino acids and good digestive. I, I do that a lot too, and it just tastes good. But it's good for your digestion as well. Chicken bone broth? Chicken bone broth, beef bone broth, whatever, you're, whatever you like. I do chicken. Yeah. Um, I always tell it tastes like top ramen, basically, like when you just cook white rice in it. Um, just, just a cup? Uh, what do you mean? Like two to one, like regular yep. water? Exactly like water, yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes I will actually do a little bit extra water or bone broth or chicken broth. It kind of fucks up how you're measuring it if you're weighing your rice out by gram. So when I'm like really trying to be precise, I don't always do it. But it almost makes it um, not couscous. What is that? Uh, oh, my God. Sure. It's uh, Maybe it is couscous. It's a type of like grain, kind of like rice, quinoa, yeah. all that stuff, but it's yeah. like almost kind of mushy. Yeah. Have you ever had that? It's usually like fancy restaurants and stuff, but it's really good. Yeah. I think it might be couscous. No. But it ta- I kind of do that sometimes, so it's kind of like almost like uh, slimy sounds like a gross word, but like sludgy. Like Rosetta? Rosetto? Rosetto, yes. yes uh, I've had that. Uh, so good. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a great carbohydrate source, and in it's easy on the gut and it's pure starch. So when we talk about muscle glycogen, it's amazing. If you look at every bodybuilder, what is the most typical bro bodybuilder meal? Rice, chicken, broccoli, rice, chicken, asparagus, whatever veggie you want to add in there. And it's because white rice is a really good way to fill muscle glycogen, have energy in the gym, get great pumps and keep your gut healthy when you're increasing carbs. So I want to point out that there's some people that go so far on one spectrum that they think 
they think veggies and fruits are the only way to get micronutrients and fiber, which is not true. There's a lot of vitamins and minerals in red meat. There's a lot of vitamin and minerals in dairy. There's a lot of vitamin and minerals in different types of whole grains and sweet potatoes and things like that. And those carbs, a lot of times, and or protein sources, obviously dairy and red meat, are easier to digest. So the bad thing that happens here is a lot of people fill their diets with so much fruits and vegetables that they're constantly bloated because the digestion rate of vegetables is super low and they pull more water. So if you have a bunch of vegetables in your gut trying to digest and they're pulling in water, you're going to feel bloated. Your stomach's going to stick out. You're going to retain water. You're going to wonder why you're feeling that way. And it's partially because one, you have too much food volume in your gut because it's very voluminous and low calorie. Two, it's a lot of fiber, so it pulls in water to the gut. And three, it's not going to be used as muscle collection. So you're not going to get better workouts from having a bunch of your carbs coming from fruits and vegetables, which is why if you have one, two, three servings of fruits, you're golden. If you have two, three, four at max servings of veggies, you're golden. You don't need a ton. For me, I have my first form greens drink and red drink in the morning, which is a serving of greens and fruits every single morning. I put a little bit of spinach in my eggs in the morning and then I have uh, an apple during the day. And then I usually have like a cup of greens with uh, dinner. And then I'll usually have like some fruit with my dessert. So that's two servings of fruit and two servings of vegetables per day. That's it. And then, of course, a red drink, green drink. But I don't need more than that. I would rather spend my carbs on white rice and whole grain bread or oats or sweet potatoes because that's going to allow me to train hard and actually change my physique more. So I think there's two ends of the spectrum. What do I do when clients are... are spending too many of their carbs on that a lot of times i let them if they're checking off their health boxes i don't give a shit it's like and that's good coaching because now they can have the autonomy and the freedom to choose carbs they like which will also promote better physique and performance training but also it gives them like less stress because they don't like feel like they got to eat all these fruits and vegetables most people don't love fruits and vegetables i like some of them but i don't love filling my whole diet with them so if your checkbox for fruits and vegetables is, let's say, one to three servings of fruit and two to three servings of veggies, for me, again, apple, banana, and reds drink. That's my three servings of fruit. Greens drink, spinach, and broccoli for dinner or Brussels or green beans or whatever Shannon wants for the night. That's my three servings of veggies. I'm golden. And now I have plenty of carbs to fill with the rest. And I can do that with white rice. I can do that with fucking candy, yeah. whatever I feel like. You know, I don't typically. But point is, is... It's not a bad thing. So even flexible dieting or the if fits your macros crowd, it's only a negative thing if you do it so much that your whole diet is filled. Like the only way you hit your fiber is by eating fiber gummies. The only way you get your protein is if you're drinking protein shakes. And the only way you get your greens at all is if you have a greens drink. Like you need to eat some veggies, but you don't need to eat a ton. You know, so there's there's this balance to be had. And that's where like flexible dieting is in the middle. And the most successful diets and the most successful transformations happen when people have an equal combination of flexibility and People hate the word rigidness, but I want to say rigidness or regimen or structure. I mean, yeah. structure is probably the most friendly word to yeah. say, but I also, I don't think there's anything wrong with being rigid at times because rigid is, I mean, if you define rigid, I'm pretty sure like dialed structure. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I mean. Like rigid, I believe like by definition is like a hard line, right? A hard straight line. So like if you have hard lines in your structure, you're going to be more on point. And then if you balance that with flexibility, you're golden. That's why it's in the middle. Right. So anyway, um, that's how I handle it. Dope. Yeah. Cool. All right. We will go on to the next question. It, it says, can you take, or can you talk about mindset around eating? For example, there are a couple of thoughts that come up when it comes to eating. I lost a little bit of weight so I can eat more. 
one bite of this won't hurt me, but then it adds up over time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the all or nothing mentality. You know, I think that if if you have this all or nothing mentality, you kind of live kind of going back to what I was just saying, you live on one of the ends of the spectrum and that's the issue. You can't live on either end. Everything is in the middle, even with, with work, with relationships, with dieting, with fitness, everything is in the middle. And so you have to learn to have this balanced perception or mindset of dieting. And, and you can't, you know, again, if you live too far on one end, you're going to see negative results. So like the, Sometimes it's best to lay this out in like worst case scenarios so that people can understand like, okay, if you go too far on this spectrum, what are all the negatives that could happen? If you go too far on this spectrum, what are all the negatives that can happen? And these spectrums are basically not dieting, eating shit, IIFYM, or like too much structure, too much rigidness. Like you can't go either way. So it's, it's understanding that balance and trying to shift your mindset around it. But, you know, the creeping in thing, it, it's to me, a lot of that comes from better education because like, if you just tell somebody, you know, well, calories sneak up on you. So you gotta, you gotta be careful. Okay. Well, what does that look like to the, the lay person who doesn't know the average person who doesn't understand what we're talking about here? Um, but let's break that down. Do you have coffee in the morning? Yes. Okay. What do you put in your coffee? Cream. How much do you put? I don't know. A dash. Okay. Well, what does a dash look like at five thirty in the morning when you're half asleep, pouring it in your cup? Probably a lot, you know? So like, even for me, like it's dark. I walk over the fridge, I grab the almond milk and I put my cup on the scale. So I know how much I'm using. Otherwise I'm just going to dump it in and you always dump a little bit more. So like a good example of this as well is like, okay, my next meal eggs, what do you put on your eggs? I put ketchup. So I've done this countless times where I will put the ketchup on the scale. And then I actually like, I'll say my goal is just have two tablespoons. Cause that's like the serving, right? And then I will actually use how much I want to use. And I put on there's four, easily four tablespoons. Mm. I'm like, okay. So like I need to be aware that like a dash of this, a dash, of this, like I, can't, I have to track everything because it's two things. One, it's more difficult to decide if I'm pouring egg whites into the pan, it's harder to estimate. I eat 250 grams weighed, right? That's harder for most people to estimate than a couple tablespoons, right? Because it's a bit, it's a pan. It depends on how big the pan is. It's, it's, it's difficult, but if you overconsume egg whites, it's far less detrimental yeah. than overconsuming sugar-filled ketchup. But or creamer, hundred percent, yeah, fat-filled creamer and sugar-filled ketchup, exactly. High-calorie, dense foods. So for people like they have, you have to break it down and, and actually teach them to measure everything so that they can just see. Maybe you don't have to measure your ketchup forever, but do it a couple times so you can see. Like, oh shit, I definitely do overconsume that. And if you look at the creamer and then the oil you cook the eggs in and the ketchup you use on the eggs, and then maybe it's like your berries and you're like, they're berries. They're healthy. I just throw them in a cup. Okay. Well that's still sugar. So let's see how much is in there. It's good for you. Don't get me wrong, but are you having a cup or is it actually a cup and a half? Cause that's an extra five carbs, an extra five carbs from the, uh, the, the ketchup, which is an extra, however many calories, extra 10 grams of fat from the creamer. Like, and now we start going meal by meal and that's just your first meal of the day. If we do that all day. You start to see. So it's not as much of a mindset as it is a realization. And the realization only happens if you educate people. Mm -hmm. So I think a big piece of this for the clients who you're trying to help understand like how to navigate through this, it's just educating them. It's showing them, it's teaching them, it's walking them through each thing. Instead of, I think a lot of coaches are just lazy and they'll just say, you know, you got to measure everything or like calories sneak up on you. Yeah. And then you don't go through their day and figure it out, you know? Um, 
again, like when I was on my maintenance phase, even then, like you, you know, I sneak in some pretzels here and there. And then the, when I was like, all right, I need to start tracking stuff. I just would eat the pretzels and then I would track how much did I actually eat here? And you're like, damn, I actually just ate an extra 50 grams of carbs yeah. in these little pretzel thins that are whole grain pretzels, low fat, they're a healthy snack, but Adds that's up. an extra 250 grams or calories yeah. stacked on like that. So it trickles in. Um, and I think that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's more education than a mindset outside of that. The mindset behind being able to refrain from some of that stuff is just self-discipline and willpower. And although self-discipline and willpower aren't, uh, these like finite things, like people look at it as like a tank where you waste your fuel. There's no, like, uh, there is a, there's, there's research to show that you use glucose when your brain is fighting something or working on something. So there is some belief of like, you're going to have less willpower if you're dieting super deep because one diet fatigue's accumulated, but two, you have less energy and your brain uses energy for inhibition, um, and adherence and inhibition is your ability to stop. So mm. when you drink alcohol, inhibition lowers because that part of your brain stops working for you, which means you're way more likely to consume whatever. So for example, somebody asked the other day on my Instagram story, can I drink a, uh, nine ounces of wine every night and still lose weight? And at first I'm like, that's a hefty glass. Yeah. <laughs> but Secondly, I'm like, can you? Of course. Will you? Probably not because your inhibition will be lower every single day. So you're way more likely to also have a couple snacks yeah. or not measure the second glass to get to that nine and it ends up being 13 or whatever it may be. And so when we're dieting and we're depleted, our inhibition lowers and it becomes harder. So we might have to teach them other things that don't rely on willpower and discipline, but rather eliminate the need for it. So for example, if somebody sits in traffic on the way home, that is going to lower their ability to refrain when they get home. So if you're in traffic and you're angry and you're bored and you're you're fatigued from traffic, when you get home, you're more likely to eat shit because you're not going to make a good decision. Absolutely. So how do we either A, like do we listen to a David Goggins podcast on the way home? So you get amped up and you kind of like, you know, you instill some of that in you. Um, do we do some, do we leave work early? Do we leave late work late? Do we uh, change your meal schedule? So you eat a little bit later as far as the meal comes before the traffic, like there's ways to work around it. Or do we eliminate the food that you would uh, not be able to refrain from when you get home? Or some of my clients, they would get to that situation after travel, like my WWE people, they would get home from travel and they don't have meals prepped and they've been flight delays. They, a lot of their flights are like last minute, like changes and stuff like that, depending on the show times and all that stuff. And so they get home and they're like, fuck it, I'm just hungry. It's like, okay, well, we got to start prepping meals before you leave on Friday so that when you come on Sunday or Monday, it's there, you know, and then you can go right to that. So there's, there's things that you can do to remove the need for willpower and discipline that I think would help a lot of these clients as well. Um, because again, you can, you should use some discipline because it's a trait. So if you practice these traits over time, eventually you'll be able to get home and not even touch any of that shit because your willpower and discipline is strong enough. But you can't throw somebody in the fire right away. You know, like instead of making them display that in their point of weakness, make them display self-discipline or willpower when it's at their best. So it's in the morning, they're motivated, they have a lot of energy, like whatever it may be. Maybe it's in the gym and it's the assault bike finisher or it's a cold shower at a point in time where they're motivated to do it. Whatever it may be, those things build discipline. And then later on when they need it, it'll be easier to display. Yeah. But if you try to teach them the discipline when they're at their low point, of energy and fatigue, it's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, that's my two cents. We did a podcast with, uh, Menno Henselman talking about willpower and discipline and self-control. He has a really good book and I think it's called, 
um, some like 53 tips on self-control or something like that. It, on the cover, I have it on my desk at home. It's like a, it says self-control super big. There's like an elephant on the cover. Yeah. But really good book that goes through a lot of these research studies and stuff. We've done podcasts on willpower and discipline. So uh, go check those out. It'll help a ton. But I think it's a combination of that education and then like slowly helping them develop the traits of willpower and discipline. Totally. So. I measured my coffee creamer for the very first time today. Did you? Yeah. How do you An do? An eighth of a cup. Eighth of a cup. I mean, it's the serving is one teaspoon. Oh yeah, shit. One teaspoon of coffee creamer. But see how what? deceiving that is. Oh my god. That's I had a, yeah. And it's that's probably a couple grams of fat or something. Five grams. Of fat. I, yeah, I don't know. I think I noticed that with uh, when when Shannon was like, okay, I'm gonna like kind of like dial him, you know, start working on stuff, and she was like, how much of this should I have? And I was like, I don't fucking know. I, I never use creamer. And I looked at it, and I was like, damn. That's a lot for a little bit. Yeah. A teaspoon. Yeah. Like, you won't even taste it. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny, too, is they'll do, like, uh, this marketing is so good. They'll do, like, sugar-free creamer. Yeah. And people are like, oh, this is the healthy version. And yeah. it just has more fat and less carbs. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, the carbs weren't the problem in the first place with the creamer. Yeah. Um, dude, you should, do you guys get collagen ever? Dude, that's why I switched. So, like, oh, okay. I'm just not about the collagen. I got vanilla collagen, and it was, I just don't like it. So, I said to myself, I was like, how much creamer can I drink? Yeah. Or sorry, how little creamer can I drink to make it so I like it? Yeah. And it's an like th- three teaspoons. Yeah. I can I'd be like, dude, I like this. Because then it's not it's black. Actually, one teaspoon probably doesn't even like change the flavor, like, the density or yeah. anything. Like just like watered down at yeah. that point. So three teaspoons. Yeah. And I'm like, I like this better than collagen. Yeah. And it's like Did you try just collagen? Yeah. Okay. Just collagen. That's but that try this. And if you hate it Never so try it again. Yeah. Um, because I don't like just collagen mine either, and it doesn't mix well. I have to put almond milk in it and then collagen. Mm. So in in for example, I put a quarter cup of almond milk in my coffee in the morning. It's 15 calories. But you have a glass uh, or a tumbler. Uh I do it in a mug because yeah. I heat it up and then yeah. I, if I'm leaving, I will pour it in my Yeti oh. thing. Um like the like the Yeti you have or the one yeah. you got me. Yeah. Like I'll just heat up in the because you don't want to put that in the microwave, obviously. Yeah. And then I'll pour it in there, and then I'll put the collagen in the there, uh, and then a whole scoop. Uh, no, I do like a half a scoop per. Oh so I usually have two cups of coffee in the morning. Yeah. So I'll do a quarter cup of almond milk and a half scoop of first form collagen, vanilla collagen. And you got to make sure you don't get. I love you guys, but don't get the first form uh, stevia, like the natural, naturally sweetened. Yeah. I know there's some people that are like anti artificial sweeteners, and I get it. And if if they mess up your gut, I get it, but. I don't like that one. Yeah. I got to have the, give me the artificial sweeteners in there. But a, a quarter cup of almond milk is only 15 calories, which is crazy. It's so, it's like nothing. And then half a scoop of almond milk and then use one of those. Uh, yeah, that's what I did. But I just what those are called. Uh, uh, it's not a swisher, but it's like a. Swisher. <laughs> Rolling a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a. Uh, frother. Frother. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, it, but. Swish it around. Without the, but without the almond milk. You can't froth the collagen until you get the coffee in there, and then it doesn't do it the same. So when I, you do that, it's like this thick cream foam, almost like if you're getting milk steamed at Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it looks like when I I'm put done. the coffee in and then put a scoop of collagen. Yeah, but try anyway, it. I'll try it. Even regular milk with collagen would be lower fat yeah. and calorie than you do van- vanilla almond milk. Usually, I was doing regular, but they didn't have regular, so I got vanilla unsweetened, which I don't understand. Vanilla, collagen, and vanilla almond milk. I yeah. do that. Yeah. I used to do regular almond milk, and I like that. And then I got the vanilla. Quarter cup? Quarter cup, yep. And if you need more, I mean, a half cup's 30 calories. Jesus, it's like, yeah. Still super low. Quarter cup's pretty good amount. It's a good amount for a mug of coffee. Yeah. But 
the vanilla is really good, but I just don't understand how it's vanilla, but it's unsweetened. How does that make sense? <laughs> it doesn't. You don't buy vanilla almonds. Yeah. Is it a vanilla just almond farm? global marketing. <laughs> like, you're doing something to it. To sweeten it. Yeah. There's the vanilla. Or maybe uh, maybe vanilla flavoring doesn't count as sweetening. I don't know. All right, cool. Let's uh, move on here. We got the next question is, I seem to have a psychological barriers to lifting heavy on squats. I can rep it out at a lower weight, but for some reason I am terrified to go heavier. Any tips for building up confidence to lifting heavier? Any squat variations to start off with? Don't squat ever. Never squat. Squats are stupid. You don't need to do them. They're a horrible exercise. I'm just playing. That's for the trolls. Um, yeah, there's a few things I would say here. Number one, there's uh, one of my favorite. So the if you have a psychological barrier to squatting heavy, what I would do is change the variation to be able to build your uh, psychological tolerance to the squat. And there's a few ways to do this. Uh, you named a couple in the question um, that you were like, what about these variations? A couple of those would work. So for example, you mentioned a pin squat. And a pin squat, I believe, right? This question, yep. okay. Yep. So like a pin squat is where you set up the pins in a squat rack at a low point and you squat from the bottom, not the top. So instead of... <laughs> Drake has like these lines that once you say shit, you can't not think of them. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like the eight mile thing. What is he? Uh, now I can't think of it. Um, Eminem. you only got one opportunity. Every time yeah. you say one opportunity, you immediately think of Eminem. Yeah. smart guys, but you don't start from the top. You start from the bottom and you squat up and then you can drop back on the pin. Gotcha. So there's really no way to crush yourself under the bar, which is the nice thing. Now, pin squats are very difficult and the whole purpose behind them is to build your, um, absolute strength, your explosive strength. Cause you're squatting from the pins Basically, it's it's all concentric, which is the positive, not the negative. And then the negative, you don't have to really worry about. You just kind of drop them onto the, the pins and then you start over. So um, much like a deadlift that you would be starting from a dead stop every single rep, you drop the bar, reset, create tension, lift, and then drop the bar because it's a concentric-based strength lift. This is the, the concentric-based strength version of a squat. And it's nice because, again, you don't have to worry about getting pinned under the squat because you're doing it from pins and you'll never get crushed under the bar. So that's an easy way to do it. Um, that's a simple way because they're fucking hard. They're not easy. Uh, the next way I would say would be a leg press. A leg press is a great way because you have locks. You can just lock it. A Smith machine is another one because you can lock it. So either of those options are still a squat pattern. You can go super heavy and kind of prove to yourself that you have the strength to be able to do it without falling or underneath the bar or getting crushed. Leg press can display the strength, but I don't think it's going to help as much because psychologically speaking, you don't have a bar on your back and that's the big thing. So a Smith machine would be better because worst case, if you're getting scared, you can just lock the, the Smith machine. The downside about a Smith machine is that the weight ratio is different. So if you put 300 pounds on a Smith machine, that is not the same as 300 pounds on a barbell because it's a, an assisted squat variation. Um, another thing you can do is, uh, and this sounds ridiculous, but you can literally do, you could do yoke rack walks, which most people listen to this probably don't have a yoke rack. Um, but you can do that in a squat rack. So something that a lot of people do when you're starting to get close to like plateaus is you can do a quarter squat or you can literally just fucking stand there, but load the bar up with like 150% of your one at max. Like if you can squat 300 pounds, put 400 pounds on that thing. Like literally just, and I technically, I guess it would be 450 if you did 150%. But point is load it up to more than you can lift, step out of the rack, and then step back in. Mm. Like you're just standing there. And the, the reason is, is because you're literally just getting used to that weight on your shoulders. You're getting comfortable with your shoulders, getting under it, crushing the bar around your back. It's a, it's a neurological aspect. People do this with deadlifts too, where you put so much weight on the deadlift 
this works better with deadlifts too. You put so much weight on the bar that you cannot lift it off the ground. So you're not going to hurt yourself because you literally can't get it up. No pun intended. But you pull as hard as you fucking can. So you get the slack out of the bar and you're crushing. You're creating a lot of tension in your lats. You're getting really anchored in the floor. You don't move. You're just teaching yourself how to create maximal force in a great position from the floor. And it gets you more comfortable with pulling off the ground. Um, and then the last variation I would give you is a Hatfield squat, which is more of, it's my favorite squat variation for hypertrophy, but it's a great way to do it as well because you, you need a safety bar for this, but you would put a safety bar on your shoulders, um, and then set up the rack in a way. If you don't have like handles, which some people do, you can just hold the rack, but you're holding the rack to stabilize while this safety bar just kind of sits on your shoulders and you're just doing full range of motion squats. But typically you can go pretty heavy because if you need to give yourself some assistance by pulling up pulling yourself up on the rack, you can guide yourself up on it. So I like it for hypertrophy because it's a really good way to overload in like a closer stance squat position. And you can take it closer to failure because when you start getting close, worst case, you're like, oh shit. And you just kind of assist yourself up. And if anything, you can actually take it a little bit further than failure because you can not really help yourself at all from like, you can balance well, which does one thing. It, it eliminates the need for your core and balance because you're holding yourself and you can just focus on your quads doing the work. But you can get basically to your final reps and then bust out a few more because you can start kind of assisting yourself as you do the squat. So you can take it beyond, which is great for hypertrophy. Um, but I would do any of those and then just practice having a big-ass bar on your back. Like that that helps a ton, honestly, because you just get comfortable and used to having heavy load on your spine. And that's like the biggest thing that's scary for people. Um, and I've said it before a bunch of times. I don't think you need to back squat to get stronger. I don't think you need to back squat to build bigger legs. I don't think you need to back squat for anything, unless you're a power lifter. However, it doesn't mean you shouldn't. Um, like for example, I have back squat in my program uh, right now and I'm using the cambered bar when I do it because it's bent. It's just easier on my shoulders. It feels better. I go close stance. There's nothing wrong with it. I avoid heavy, heavy back squatting just because it fucks with my knee after having two surgeries. And if I'm trying to build my quads, I actually get more out of it doing a half field squat. And I would probably get more out of it doing a leg press, but we don't have a leg press here. So there's a lot of variations you can do, but if you're trying to get confident with having a barbell on your back, usually you got to use some of these variations that give you some assistance or put up safety pins to where no matter what, like you're not going to hurt yourself. Like you could just literally, you could fall over and, and that might actually be something you want to try too. Like people, you know, like if you do a front squat, it's really easy to bail. You can just kind of drop. Go. Yeah. If you're doing a back squat, you let go and step forward. And it falls, you know, like you got to be careful, obviously, like you got to step forward pretty fast. It's, it's, it's more difficult than a front squat, but put like some like 10, 25 pound bumper plates on there and practice bailing on a back squat intentionally. Yeah. So you can get used to doing that and then you can go from there. Um, and then one quick variation I forgot to mention too, is a, a trap bar dead squat. So if you take a trap bar and you flip it upside down, um, and you're using like low bar handles, get in a squat position and start from the floor just like you would a pin squat, but you don't have to have a squat rack with pins and everything set up. You don't have to like crawl underneath the barbell. Again, you're not having a load on your spine, but it is absolutely the same as a squat pattern. You're just pulling from the floor versus starting from the top, you know? Um, but a lot of different variations. Otherwise, like uh, psychologically speaking, you just got to do it. Like anything in life, it's difficult to break through psychological barriers no matter if it's a squat or if it's uh, something in business or, or a hard conversation you have to have with a spouse or anything like that, it's just reps. It just yeah. comes from doing it. Like there's a certain point where I, it's what? Consistency. Yeah. And at yeah. a certain point, you just got to go, fuck, I just got to do it. And then once you do it once, you do it twice, you do it three times, and then it becomes really easy, you know? Um, 
and we've talked about this before, but I'm, I'm re-listening to Relentless by Tim Grover, and he's talking about the, the cooler, the cleaner, no, the cooler, the closer, and the cleaner. Yeah. And he was talking about, like, the cooler, uh, he can be helpful. The cleaner gets the job done, but he's got to prepare for it. He's got to do all those things. Um, he, it, they'll give a lot of excuses as to why they fucked up or why they failed or anything like that. And the cleaner just owns it. So, like, he, he just takes action. He doesn't over-prepare. He doesn't overthink. He or she, they just do the work. They just step into the fire. They just take action. They deal with it as it comes. It's instinctual. It's habitual. And they don't make excuses. When they fuck up, they say they fucked up. When they fail, they fail. They own it. They move on, and they keep trying. And that's what makes them successful. And, like, that little bit he talks about, I think, is so apl- applicable to anything in life. It's, like, all these situations where you're trying to break through a mental barrier to do something nine times out of 10, it just comes down to doing it. And we all know the more you procrastinate doing it, the more that mental barrier builds up, builds up and it gets harder to conquer. So the best advice I can give is just do it, you know, get in a squat rack and fucking just get after it and learn how to bail, you know? And if it's a, anything else in life, same, same exact application. Totally. Just do it. So cool. All right, guys, that is wrap on this one. Leave us a rating and review. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody um, and stay tuned for the podcast, I got some, uh, I was I was this close to announcing some things, but I don't want to share them yet. We have some really, really cool things coming um, in the near future that are going to be 1 million percent free and completely helpful to you, the listener. So if you like this podcast, I promise you're going to like what we have up our sleeve. And I'm so excited to, to put out some of these things because it's just more added value. So keep listening, keep sharing, keep staying tuned. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. 